Welcome to Bonding Time, the monthly podcast series by the Bond Dealers of America as the only DC-based trade group solely focused on the U.S. bond markets. In this episode, we talk with Tim Stevens, who is president, chief operating officer, and co-founder of Lumasis. Lumasis is a longtime member of the BDA and annual sponsor and participant in many of the BDA's industry-leading events on the U.S. bond markets, including our National Fixed Income Conference each fall. For more information on Lumasis and co-founders Tim Stevens and Greg Beanstock, I'd encourage you to visit their website at www.lumasis.com. Now on to our conversation with Tim Stevens. Tim Stevens, welcome to Bonding Time. Quickly, Tim Stevens, who a lot of you know is CFA president, chief operating officer, and co-founder and board member of Lumasis. Lumasis, as most of you hopefully know, is a longtime member of the BDA. We appreciate Lumasis's engagement over the years, their support, including support for BDA events. Over the years, participation in events like this, this Bonding Time podcast with both Tim and longtime engaged member uh, Greg Beanstock. So we want to talk about a paper produced by Lumasis in January of this year. Before we dive into that, Tim, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about, you know, from a high level, the diver pricing and, and scales platform. Certainly. Thanks very much, Mike, and appreciate the time today. And we've always been a proud supporter of the BDA. So Loomis has built the dive pricing and scales platform really to help market practitioners more efficiently generate custom, deal-specific, taxable, and tax-exempt baseline scales. And the way we do that is we build them from current market trades from comparable bonds that match the structural and credit characteristics of the deal that the professional is looking to price. And we do so in, in an environment where we provide full transparency into the underlying trades. There's no, there's no question about where the levels are coming from. And we give our users the ability to use their market expertise to then adjust those baseline scales. And the, the platform was designed not only to be fast, but to be comprehensive. The idea here is to make sure that our clients aren't missing any relevant deals when they're looking to price a deal. And then we provide comparative analytics so that professionals can look at multiple structures. They can compare a scale to prior deals from the same obligor. They can compare it to other recent deals that have come in the market. Okay, great, great. So as I mentioned the paper, January 2021, machine learning applied to municipal scale interpolation and extrapolation. So before you talk about that, I got to tell you, that's a hell of a title. <laughs> Thanks very um, much. <laughs> and um, if you could talk about the paper a little bit, dig into it. And then I know there's some specifics we want to talk about in the paper, including it later on, who's utilizing the paper and sure. uh, who have you heard from, et cetera. But yeah, if you could sure. dive into that a little bit, that'd be great. Sure. So the, the reason we came out for the paper, Mike, is that recently we enhanced the pricing and scales platform by integrating artificial intelligence into the scale generation process. And so we thought it would be a good idea to prepare this white paper to really inform the market, both our clients, our, our prospects, and, and all the folks that we talked to in the market about what we had built, which at the end of the day is, in our view, a better methodology for the interpolation and extrapolation methodologies when building out municipal yield curves, whether they're taxable and tax exempt. And so the white paper itself discusses the problem that we see in the market and that we faced in the market in, in building curves ourselves, how we used artificial intelligence to, to solve that problem. And then we got into a fair amount of 
detail regarding the results of, of our back testing. So that essentially summarizes the white paper itself. So we start off uh, in the paper, you start off with uh, the business problem, summarizing the issue in the industry. And, and I think from 30,000 feet, it's basically a lack of quality data, I think, is, is mm-hmm. kind of the crux of the, the problem. Could you talk about that a little uh, bit? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so the issue really is that, as you said, you, you can't always find a comparable for a particular target maturity in an issue that you're looking to price. Even when you're using machines like we're doing in pricing and scales, to match up a target maturity to all the comparable bonds in the market, the full universe. For the vast majority of market professionals who build scales today manually with the aid of spreadsheets, the problem is likely even even more prevalent. So when no recent prints exist, no observable market transactions exist, you get gaps in your curve, right? There are places in your curve where you just don't have comps. And so to fill those gaps, You can use interpolation and extrapolation methodologies to do that. There are different methods that are accepted in the marketplace to to do that type of work, but they can have significant weaknesses when they're used in practice, and particularly when you get to what we call structural transition points in a scale, such as when you're changing a coupon from one maturity to the next. Just at the end of the day, traditional interpolation and extrapolation methods are mathematical formulas that weren't really designed to contemplate underlying deal structural characteristics nor market pricing dynamics that are associated with those with those features. Talk a little bit about artificial intelligence and how the business problem is addressed with AI. Sure. So basically what we did is we used machines, we used machine learning to study thousands of new issue municipal curves, deals that actually came to market. And we associated the shape of each of those curves with the particular deal's structural and credit characteristics, as well as the transitions in those characteristics as you move from one maturity to another. And what the machines did in studying all of that market transactional data is they learned to recognize patterns in curve shape and those structural and credit characteristics. And what we did then did is, is use those patterns to build a predictive model. In artificial intelligence. And what that means is that given a set of characteristics for a deal that a professional is looking to price, Loomis can predict with, high, with a high degree of accuracy the shape of the curve, what that shape should look like. So from maturity to maturity, do we know that if it's upward sloping, what is the slope of that change? Is it downward sloping perhaps? And what we did is we, we created curve prediction models for both taxable and tax-exempt deals. And then once we had created this AI curve prediction shape model, we had to figure out a way to, you know, the next challenge is we had to figure out a way how do we fit that curve shape into the gaps in the curves that are built from, from actual comps in the market. And so we, we came up with methodologies to do that. So in terms of practical terms for the muni business, how is this being applied by dealers, maybe by issuers, by analysts, et cetera? Mm-hmm. How in, in practical terms, how is this impacting the muni business? Sure. sure. In short, I think the, the results of our backtesting indicated that we had developed a significant advancement in the ability to generate complete deal-specific municipal yield curves over traditional interpolation and extrapolation methods, as we talked about earlier. So what that means 
is that Lumisys, we are getting better and better at generating a solid market-driven baseline scale in seconds. As we continue to advance our capabilities here and we can demonstrate that pricing and scales can therefore help make underwriters faster and more efficient at doing their jobs, then over time, spreadsheets will be replaced by more sophisticated tools like pricing and scales, diver pricing and scales, and therefore the process by which scales are built is going to change. And at the end of the day, what that means, I think, practically speaking, Mike, is that more efficient underwriters means the ability to bid more deals by firms, as well as the ability to generate and evaluate more scenarios, which ultimately makes underwriters and bankers more competitive in the market and offers more and better funding solutions to municipal issuers in our market. And, and this is a tool for, for anybody. This is not a tool for the big five municipal firms. This is a tool, in, in my impression is, for any firm engaged in the primary muni market. Absolutely right. Yeah, we've seen interest up and down the size scale, if you will. Yeah. Along those lines, too, while I'm thinking about it, how much of this, something similar to this is being done internally, built internally by the largest firms, and thus this is more needed potentially, and maybe not, by a regional firm and a smaller firm active in the primary markets that doesn't build these, can't build the same technology in-house? Sure. In fact, we've, it's pretty interesting, Mike, when we talk to participants in the market, the vast majority of firms, I have yet to see one that has built a tool that does what pricing and scales does. Everybody has a different methodology, but the vast majority are based on spreadsheets. They're moving from one system to another, so between disparate systems that aren't necessarily connected. At the end, of the day, there's a lot of manual intervention by the professionals building out these curves. So whether you're talking about the biggest bulge bracket firms, there are definitely efficiencies to be had, or you're talking about the regionals or even the small firms that maybe don't have the internal resources to build something technologically, there really just seems to be a dearth of really, you know, kind of a technologically automated driven process here. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. High-level results from the testing. Testing done both for taxable and tax-exempt deals. Could you talk about the high-level results? Sure, sure. So from a high-level perspective, you know, statistically speaking, what we did is we took a look at thousands of curves, actual deals that came to market, and we looked at the curves and the change, right, and spread, what that curve shape looked like. So the change in spread from one maturity to the next across all of these curves, and then we compared that change to the predicted changes of our AI curve shape models. And what we did is we calculated various statistics on that. One of the most important being the difference between our prediction and the actual, and what was the average of that difference, right? So what did that look like? And what we saw is that for the tax exempt market, the average difference was very close to zero, ranging from over predicting the change from four-tenths of a basis point to under-predicting by three-tenths of a basis point. In the taxable market, we saw the average difference range from over-predicting by two-tenths of a basis point to under-predicting by about 2.9 basis points. So pretty, pretty tight. Empirically, we wanted to look at what does this thing look like when you use the artificial intelligence in pricing and scales against curves that came came to the market, actual, actual deals. And so we looked at 200 different scenarios, and what we found is that artificial intelligence was the same or better than traditional interpolation and extrapolation approaches 94% of the time in the tax-exempt market, 
and 98% of the time in the taxable market. So really, really strong results when we looked at the back testing. So for taxable deals in the report specifically, you say the most, most impressive finding was the recognition by machine learning of the market's convention of switching benchmark curve points at the 16-year maturity. And I'm wondering what, if you could go into that and what the significance, if any of that is. Sure, sure. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, so the significance to us really was that it showed the power and effectiveness of machine learning as applied to this problem. Without providing the machines any direction, they picked up on the market convention of how maturities are matched to different treasury reference bonds. So for example, eight to 15 year maturities in the taxable market are typically mapped to the 10 year treasury bond. And 16 year maturities and and longer are typically mapped to the old long bond. And what, what we saw in the model was that the model properly adjusted spreads and the spread change when transitioning from all of those various underlying benchmark bonds across the taxable curve. So it was really, really interesting to see that and to see how machine learning just just picked up on that, that one convention alone, uh, which is significant in the market. Right, right. So how is the, so generally the report, how has it been received so far by clients of Lumisys? Who's utilizing, what type of firm is utilizing the report? We already talked about big firm, small firm, and how every, every firm can utilize it, certainly. But But what's been the response so far? Sure. So we've gotten really favorable response from our clients and our trial products. I'd say particularly we get most response from those that are, I'd call progressive, right? Underwriters and bankers who really understand the problem and like to see new new innovations get applied to the market. So they get kind of jazzed about reading about these things and, and, and seeing how they work. We have had users of our platform that have been using the platform prior to the AI and now now are using it after. And they've seen the difference and have been very excited about the strides that we've made there. So it's been been a very favorable response. It sounds like it. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like it. So, it, you know, it makes me wonder, is, the, is this report an example of how Lumisys is focused more on, on market structure, meaning market structure, than maybe in the past, than maybe the, the focus of Lumisys years ago when you and Greg founded the firm, how has that evolved and shifted? And I know it's fair to refer to Lumisys as a fintech company. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, maybe it was the case when it was founded, but how has that kind of evolved? Sure, sure. Yes, you're right. We are a fintech company. And for much of our nearly 11-year history, though, Mike, I think you know, and most of our most of the market knows that we've been focused on systems and platforms to help our clients with regulatory compliance, whether that's time of trade disclosure, 15C212, look back, best execution, those types of things. In all of those cases, though, we were really bringing increased efficiencies, right? We were providing tools that help leverage staff, maximize their time spent on the most important value-added aspects of their work. So Greg and I looked at that and we said, look, let's build on that. Let's not change our focus. Let's stay true to, to, you know, and continue to provide products in the regulatory side, but build on that. And we wanted to bring a suite of tools and products that provide what we call business value proposition. So in other words, how can we help our clients with some of the core business aspects of their franchise, help them be more efficient, optimize their decision-making. And so that has been a recent shift in our focus from a product standpoint. And our first foray into that area was the development of diver pricing and scales 
which we then followed up with our secondary market pricing platform. So we certainly have plans to bring some new additional tools and platforms into the market. Well, that's, that was my next question. Whether it's a report or new tools, what's in the pipeline uh, that you can tell us about at Lumisys? Sure. So folks, I'll split it into a couple different areas. First, just, just on the artificial intelligence front, since that was the majority of our discussion, some things that we're uh, looking at in the near term are using artificial intelligence for outlier detection. So when we're looking for comps in the market, perhaps it fits, right, the, the deal that you're looking to price, but it's really an outlier from a price standpoint. So can we detect outliers and remediate them? And then the possible implementation of our AI capabilities for interpolation, extrapolation, and outlier detection into the secondary market pricing platform. So that's what we're looking at in the nearer term on the AI front. And then away from AI, but sticking to these pricing products, we're getting ready to pretty soon launch the pricing and scales platform with the ICE municipal benchmark curve. So we'll be adding that to our repertoire there. And we're excited to be bringing bond math analytics, more bond math analytics into the platform. So, for example, not just displaying yield to worst, but for callable bonds, indicating what the yield to call is, yield to maturity, providing a dollar price for every bond, and then ultimately providing you know, tick and NIC calculations and, and other useful calculations to, to underwriters and bankers. And then finally, we're also going to be launching in the next few months some new functions and tools for traders, including a scrolling ticker of current trades that are happening in the market spread to the appropriate benchmark that also includes user-controlled filters so that the traders can see exactly the trades that, that they're looking for in the market. That sounds really interesting. And, look, and you know, we should have another conversation about that as you roll out these, some of these additional products. So you know, before I let you go, are you guys, you know, COVID, have not been able to travel and meet, I assume, with, with clients? working mm-hmm. remote, I assume. So you guys are not back in the office. And of course, we talked to all <laughs> firms about this. You're not back in the office. Is there a plan to uh, return to the office or get back on a uh, uh, get back on a plane and go visit with a client? Yeah, so we're looking forward to, to all of that. We were maybe a little progressive. On Labor Day of last year, we decided to open the office to any, any that wanted to come in. So we, we only get a handful every day. Most folks, most of our folks are still working from home working remotely, but a few do come in every day into the office, which is which is nice to see when you go in. With, of course, the appropriate protocols, we're really looking forward to get back on the road. Uh, we're hoping that things start to, start to loosen up with the vaccination getting out there. We're hoping things start to open up in the third quarter of this year, and we'll be out on the road seeing clients and prospects soon. Well, that's good. And BDA events. We're all virtual, virtual the first half of this year, but we're, uh, we're planning on hybrid events in person and combined with virtual uh, starting in late August of, of this year. So uh, we're looking, looking forward, forward to, to you guys and everybody else at those events. Tim Stevens, Lumisys, thank you very, very much for your time. We look forward to talking again. Thanks again for the support, the longtime support of the firm as a BDA member firm. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks so much, Mike. Our pleasure. Thanks, Tim. <laughs>